It's the second week of Advent. Have you started deep diving yet? Welcome to part three now of Living the Serenity Prayer, which we keep interrupting. Whoops! <laughs> Two weeks ago, we worked through the first 12 common disrespectful behaviors of our compilation of 30 behaviors. We are going to work through 12 more today. So a quick reminder that as you are listening for each one, make sure you ask yourself if you would feel hurt or angry or offended if your husband did this to you. And it might be as simple as learning to acknowledge that fact. It's a fantastic time to be making this examination of conscience given that it is the season of Advent. Also, we shared this quote from St. Ignatius of Loyola, which is especially pertinent to these episodes on disrespectful behaviors. Quote, you wish to reform the world? Reform yourself. Otherwise, your efforts will be in vain. End quote. This third set of questions is under the category, not hitting below the belt. <laughs> and at this point, you'll probably notice that these are pretty loose categories um, and that these questions can probably fit just as easily under one or both of the previous two sets and possibly under the sets that come under them. We've just divvied up the questions to make them a little easier to digest. So number 13, did I directly criticize my husband or how he did something? So this one is similar to number eight about giving unsolicited helpful suggestions. In a mature and healthy marriage, spouses are able to give what can be properly called constructive criticism without the exchange having a long-term negative effect on the relationship. But what's interesting is that part of maturity is knowing when something is a hill to die on and when something ought to just be let go, which means that when a marriage is actually at this point of both health and maturity, the spouses are also mature enough that they're just less inclined overall to criticize in general. When St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5, quote, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful, end quote. And so in a mature and healthy marriage, it's not necessarily that all annoying behaviors have been eliminated. It's that the spouses aren't so immature anymore <laughs> as to care so much about correcting every little thing that they find to be annoying. They value their spouse so much and have the bigger picture always in the forefront of their mind that criticism is reserved for truly grave matters, meaning occasions of sin. Hubby throwing his socks on the floor and wifey having to pick them up no longer matters. Wifey happily picks up hubby's socks because she would rather have a husband to pick up after than not have one. It's that simple. I personally, of course, have my good days and my not-so-good days, and regardless of what kind of day it is, 
it is not easy at 38 weeks pregnant <laughs> to go up and down multiple flights of stairs carrying a laundry basket. <laughs> but I love that I can stay at home all the time and not worry about losing the roof over my head because my husband works hard. So what if he left laundry elsewhere in the house? I don't want to be the one going out every day to work, especially not in winter time, on top of being pregnant. <laughs> so doing the laundry and picking up the stray polos thrown on the rocking chairs is my way of showing love and gratitude. What does it cost me to pick a polo up off of a rocking chair? Nothing. Not even pride, because for crying out loud, it doesn't hurt. Not for a split second would I go back to my single years and have no one to take care of. When your marriage has reached that level of health and maturity where a culture of respect is so firmly established that your husband will be able to receive criticism from you without any damage to your relationship, you will know. <laughs> you'll know because you'll be at a point where you don't want to criticize him at all. And if something does need to be said, you will do everything you can to m communicate what you've discerned needs saying without coming off as critical. You'll be very careful to discern if something actually needs to be said. You'll put it off for as long as you possibly can. You'll talk to wiser and older couples and maybe priests asking if you really need to say something because you'd really rather not. Let's come at this from another angle. If you have a supervisor at work where it seems like every time you encounter them, they're always criticizing you. You'd get fed up pretty quickly, wouldn't you? The strength of a good supervisor, or even of a good peer, is that they establish with you that they genuinely care about you. They use direct criticism as a very, very last resort. And once they've said it, they give you the benefit of the doubt for at least a little while and assume that you're working on it. They don't bring it up repeatedly every time that they see you because they're demonstrating that they trust you. If you haven't established that you respect your husband unconditionally, and if you've repeatedly demonstrated distrust by criticizing him for the same things over and over again every single time that they happen, and assuming that he has not been working on it at all, you need to make time to heal all of that. And it starts by learning to bite your tongue. Cut criticism out of your language towards your spouse. Number 14. Did I ask his family members or friends to speak to him or advise him about a problem in our marriage? As I mentioned before starting on these disrespectful behaviors, I've been guilty of almost all of these, and this is one I was very, very guilty of. I am not proud of it, and if you've done this or considered doing this, you need to make a serious apology for it. I want to state very clearly that it is important to seek help when there are problems in your marriage. One of the most horrible things that I've been told by some older women is that in their day, people didn't talk about their problems and just put up with each other. That is a horrible thing to say, okay? 
Yes, some people are called to bear the cross of an unhappy marriage, but the overwhelming majority of married persons are not called to bear a cross of misery, which is due directly to being married. The overwhelming majority of married couples have the potential to be a beacon of joy and delight and everything beautiful and lovely in this world, and they will need help to get there. Any woman, and I think you will only hear this from older women, so any older woman who tells you that you just need to buckle down and keep your mouth shut should be thoroughly ashamed of themselves. That statement is a reflection on them. It is a reflection of fear. It is a reflection of probably bitterness at having a bad marriage themselves. Wise women in healthy marriages will never, ever, ever tell you that it is wrong for you to seek counsel with regards to making your marriage healthier and happier. Ever. So if some crazy lady tells you to just shut up and be miserable for your own sake, cut that woman off. Or if you can't cut them off, don't ever talk to them about your marriage. And don't let them ask questions about it. They shouldn't if they're cruel enough to tell you not to ask for advice. But just don't don't talk to them about marriage. Say an ave for them and then give them a wide berth. Okay, with that said, the specific problem is asking someone else to talk to your husband about a problem. It's perfectly okay for you to ask for help. And by help, I mean help. I do not mean that it's okay for you to seek an outlet for husband bashing. In our end-of-the-month spotlight episode for August, we talked about seven ways to tell if your marriage therapist, counselor, or support group is authentically Catholic. Those seven points can be applied to the help you seek from anyone about your marriage. You want to make sure that you're getting advice which is in line with Catholic teaching and helps you strive for a biblical model of marriage. But ladies, don't ask other people to talk to your husband about your problems. Because if you have problems, if there's something unhealthy going on in marriage, your spouse will not only be embarrassed, they will see that as a betrayal. Even if your language concerning your spouse was thoroughly charitable in explaining the situation to another person. Your husband does not know that. He wasn't there. And if there's already a problem in your marriage, it's going to be hard for him to take your word for it. So just don't don't even go there. And consider it your responsibility to stand firmly for your marriage by saying no to anyone who offers freely to speak to your husband. Your husband needs to know that you cleave to him above all others. Someone may offer to speak to him with the best of intentions. Do not let them. I cannot emphasize enough how much trust can be damaged and lost by this and how hard it is to dig yourself out of this sort of hole. Number 15. Did I tell my husband that he or we (laughs) need counseling? Okay. So let's be clear that there are extreme situations which do require um, an orchestrated strategic intervention. 
okay, cases of domestic abuse, of suicidal tendencies, etc. That's not what we're talking about here. If you're at professional intervention meeting level, <laughs> okay, you, the wife, are probably not the one doing the intervening or at least not running that operation solo. So extreme situations requiring professional intervention aside, your husband might very well need some sort of structured professional assistance with a specific struggle of his. However, when a wife says to her husband that he needs counseling, what he hears is that he's a failure. And he's so much of a failure that money needs to be spent to get him to stop being a failure. That is devastating for a man to hear. My husband and I both told each other that the other person needed counseling. So I know what it feels like. Um, and now my husband and I both ended up benefiting from a structured guided improvement program but we were ready for it at different times and that's the first thing that you need to understand about a route like counseling for something like counseling to have a positive and lasting effect on an individual the individual getting help has to want the help has to want to improve and has to want to change for their own sake not on behalf of their kids not on behalf of their wife they have to want to change for their own sake. They have to value their own life and their own dignity enough to want to preserve it. Because, you know, the kids will grow up and, you know, <laughs> they might divorce their wife. I mean, they, they have to want the change for their own sake because they can very easily wait out or get rid of reasons to change. Some people need a little nudge in the right direction. Some people are so entrenched in their problems that they can't even begin to come up with reasonable solutions. But it still stands that they have to want help. So a nudge in the right direction has to be carefully timed. If you say it when they're not at all inclined to seek professional assistance, it's much more likely that your words will make them shut down even further. And most importantly, <laughs> ladies, it is not more effective or nicer to say we need counseling. Usually when a woman says that we need counseling, what she's really saying is that she wants her husband to get counseling. And saying we is her way of making sure that he gets it. And making sure that the counselor doesn't miss anything. It's her way of ensuring that if her husband is not forthcoming about his faults, that she will be the one to lay them out for the counselor. If this sounds harsh, it's very easily proven by a woman's unwillingness to go to counseling unless her husband does also. If she really meant it when she said, we need counseling, then she would go to counseling for herself, regardless of her husband's commitment or involvement. 
Instead, if you suggest that a woman go anyway, nine times out of ten in my experience, she says, oh no, I'm not doing it if he's not. Well, there you go. If you really mean we, as in you think that both of you can benefit and grow from counseling or some other sort of structured professional guidance towards improvement, then you will go and work on yourself. Even if your husband doesn't, you will do that because you want to be the best person that you can possibly be. And because you want to bring the best of yourself to the table consistently, regardless of what anyone else is bringing. If you don't mean we, don't say we. Your husband sees right through that. Number 16. Do I compare my husband to other men? Do I point out ideal behaviors in other men to try to get him to be more like them? <laughs> this one should be self-explanatory. And really, how would you feel if your husband said things which told you that he wished you would be more like some other woman? He might as well say to you that he wished he'd married someone else. Ouch. And of course, it ought to go without saying that if you're deliberately trying to hurt your husband, you need to go to confession for that anyway. Again, you can easily use these questions as an examen. Number 17, have I consulted other men on matters that I think my husband handles badly? and shared their wisdom with my husband to try to get him to imitate them. This is very similar to number 14, asking someone to speak to your husband about a problem in your marriage. If you do this, it'll be obvious to your husband that you've told some other guy that you think your husband is immature or incompetent or unlearned in whatever area of life it is that you're wanting your husband to be coached on. That is seen as a huge betrayal and it is not worth the pain and heartache you will have trying to dig yourself out of the hole that you will ultimately land yourself in by doing this. Don't do this. And also your husband, <laughs> has your husband ever given you the impression that he wishes you would clean your kitchen or decorate your home or dress like some other woman that he knows. Yeah, not cool. <laughs> Don't do it. Number 18. Did I say something which communicated to my husband that I expected him to fail? To be selfish? To do less than he could do? Did I say something which let my husband know that I expected the worst from him in any situation? It is a horrible feeling to know that someone expects you to fail. Not to mention it can really mess with your mind. And when someone tells you directly that they're expecting you to fail, and even worse, if you go on to prove them wrong and they remain thoroughly unappreciative and emphasize that they think the success is an anomaly and they expect you to fail next time, Eventually, you figure you might as well stop putting in the effort, since no amount of success is ever going to please that person. If you have worn your husband down by years of making it clear that you expect him to fail and keep on failing, 
or that no effort on his part is big enough to be praised. It's going to take a long time to dig yourself out of that hole. Start by going to confession and then join our 30-day gratitude challenge in the app. This next category is respecting his free will. Number 19. Did I try to trick him into joining some support group for a problem I have identified in his character or into meeting some set of persons whom I have determined will be a good influence on my husband? Yes, it is important for our husbands to have good friends with values that we share as a family. It's also important for you (laughs) to have good friends with shared values. So I hope that you have friends who are teaching you and keeping you accountable for standing for your marriage and for not being disrespectful to your husband. But you can't, you can't fabricate friendship and you can't coerce people into friendship. People automatically gravitate towards and seek to surround themselves with people who will help them live out the values that they really want to be living. If it seems to you that your husband doesn't value holiness or doesn't desire it, and if what he's dealing with is constant disrespect from you, then he's going to make friends with men who will commiserate with him about disrespectful wives and help each other come up with excuses to avoid their nasty wives. If you're angry that your husband is going straight to the bar or the bowling alley after work, have you considered that he may not like coming home and what your part in that might be? On the other hand, if you give your husband reason to boast about how loving and respectful his wife is, if you give him a reason to love coming home, he will not continue to associate himself with men who tempt him to value you less, who have no appreciation for the blessing that a holy and humble wife is to a man. If you're not happy with your husband's friends, you have to give him a reason to want to change who he hangs out with. You have to make holiness attractive to him by modeling it yourself. Number 20. Did I tell my husband how I do something, clearly implying that what he is doing is wrong? Come on, ladies, your husband sees right through that. Don't do it. It's childish and petty. Learn to communicate directly and how to do so respectfully. Number 21, did I demand that my husband do something my way? Similar to number 12, except that you never gave him a chance to do it his way to begin with. (laughs) If it is not something which is your husband's responsibility, if it is something which is your responsibility anyway, then do it yourself and don't complain about not having help. If it matters that much to you to have things done your way, Do it yourself, period. Number 22, did I manipulate my husband into a corner so that he had no choice 
but to do something the way that I wanted it to happen. Manipulation is always below the belt. It is always sinful. And that should be all that needs to be said here. Number 23, did I issue any type of ultimatum to my husband to get him to do what I wanted him to do? Again, self-explanatory ultimatums are not okay. They are never okay. But also a husband who feels respected by his wife will go out of his way to keep her happy. Ultimatums never happen in healthy marriages because spouses are too mature to even consider them a necessity. Ultimatums are never necessary in a good marriage. Number 24, did I give him dirty looks to communicate my displeasure or disapproval at something he had done? This is basically the nonverbal version of nagging and nitpicking. If your husband has made a decision, then you're the one being immature, acting like if you nag or nitpick or growl or frown or scowl enough that the decision is going to be undone. Right, we are going to stop here for this week and we have one last set of six more disrespectful behaviors to cover next week. I hope you're all having a blessed beginning of Advent and don't be afraid to dig deep and use this season, which is simultaneously penitential and hopeful, to make some hardcore changes to your behavior towards your husband in preparation for a wonderful Christmas. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us. You can find all the quotes and resources referenced in today's episode on our website. We'd love to hear from you. And we're looking forward to having you with us again next week on the Will to Wife podcast. Mm-hmm.